the OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome to There's Always Next Year, the podcast on the Play Like a Jet Network. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. With me, as always, are Travis Milton. You can find it on Twitter at Dash 37 Board 27. And Josh Conrad, you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad. The Jets won Sunday in a 16-9 win over the Broncos in Denver, but quite the Pyrrhic victory for the Jets uh, in that EVT uh, was out of the game. Corey Davis uh, left the game. And then most notably, the worst fear for the Jets, straw that stirs the off the drink, Brees Hall has a torn ACL, um, also some meniscus damage, and he is going to be out for the remainder of the season. Um, fellas, this is no bueno. Josh, how how are you feeling in this moment where the Jets are coming off a four-game winning streak but also dealing with some serious, serious injuries to the, uh, the core talent of this team? The concentric circle Venn diagram of Jet fan and Marvel fans will remember the scene from, I don't know, Avengers, whatever, uh, where Thanos has to go get one of the stones and he has to throw someone over the cliff that he loves to get the stupid Infinity Stone. And the little girl asks, did you get what you wanted? And he says yes. And she says, what does it cost? And he said oh, everything. I feel like sad Thanos today. Just sad, sad <laughs> Thanos. It cost me everything but we got another victory. So four in a row. And I don't know, guys, are we just cursed? Can we just have nice things that don't break, please? So Travis, other than drink wine, which you are currently doing as I'm watching you on this Zoom video, and uh, other than drink more heavily, how do we react to this AVT news? Oh, man, all that positivity I had, like, for once. I'm not, I'm not the most positive person in the world. Um <laughs> If, 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 if anyone has not realized that yet, but that holy out, shit, yeah. like, yeah, I, I ended it on that. Like, yeah, dude, we're, we're all in like team. Yes. God, no, the world fell down on me. I am, I'm am completely yeah. broken. Um, uh, we, we gotta go for an offensive lineman. Um, I am now full bore in the, we cannot have anything nice. Like this is, this is just not even fair. We all agree that great run play, you know, starts with the offensive line. There are players who can defy that, but those are the exceptions that prove the rule, you know, Barry Sanders, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think Brees Hall is one of those types. Um, but ultimately, you know, the thing everybody says about Barry Sanders, right, is that he would have been a better player if he actually had an offensive line in front of him. His yeah. numbers would have been even further far ahead of, uh, Emmett Smith and, and et cetera, et cetera. So it's amazing but, watching someone reverse field for 80 yards and then take it, you know, 20 <laughs> right, hours. Yeah. But yeah. And it's so not sustainable. Yeah. So, so the point is, you know, to put your running backs in the best position, you have to focus on the offensive line. No Fant, no Becton, no Vera Tucker for, for the rest of the way. If the Jets want to compete this year, you're, proposing that the Jets bend their will to find some sort of 
tackle or guard uh, of of a high caliber. And I really, I really think if I don't know Joe Douglas, but I've I've played against him in in you know uh, high school. I played against him in football camp. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I I've got a, at least an inkling of where his head is. Like, you know, like I know just like me, like he's always going to be a homer for the O line. Um, good or bad, like he's going to swing and miss, and he has swung a lot and missed a lot, but he's hit some home runs like ABT. I mean, but I, I know how much he values that line. I will say like the world crumbled in on me for two seconds. Mm. And, uh, have you ever seen role models? No, I've not. Models? So Paul Rudd. About it. It's, it's, it's this amazing movie, Paul Rudd, and Sean William Scott. They, they do something stupid. They, uh, they work for an energy drink company. Uh, they ended up uh, having to do community service because they, they, they wrecked a, a high school, statue <laughs> um whatever but uh but there's this great point in the movie where the kid that plays mclovin and super bad yeah uh they're at a larp uh larping sure yes yeah, larping. larping fireball yeah yeah mm-hmm. and uh you know he he gives this like amazingly rousing speech and sean williams is like yeah holy shit this kid this kid jacks you up this is good <laughs> Um, I did watch, uh, Robert Sala's presser, like, uh, pretty much front to back as much as I could. Um, this team believes in each other. And if we don't have somebody there, I mean, AVT, I'm sorry. Like, I, it's hard to see a path. Like whoever wants to tell me I'm wrong, but that, that cap was invaluable. I mean, he played three spots on the offensive line. Like we would not have won most if not any of those games if we did not have the solid competent spur of the freaking moment play from that guy at all of the positions that he has had to play um and that might be a stretch there there's gonna be people like saying i'm i'm going out on a freaking limb here but like no i'm sorry like he has filled so many roles and saved a lot of asses and we don't have that anymore and so we've got to get some competent play up there and, and there not that there hasn't been, I mean, McGovern has stepped up. He's played great. Um, Lakin's had his moments. Herbeg has been an amazing plug and play, you know, like, but, but there's just no game. anchor that the anchor is, is, is not on this line anymore. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we've seen in the past, like McGovern can't be that anchor. McGovern McGovern's play is based on his guards and his tackle. I mean, he, he is based on who's around him, and he's great when he's got some competent play right beside him. But I, I just I, – I don't know. Like, It's I, hard I really to see a path like, forward aside from bringing in some outsider. So, yes. so I think that's – that, 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 that should be the way to go. Travis, how much – like if you're going to multiply the amount that you are going to drink between now and the end of the season, how many more – like times, like 2x, 3x, 10x, how many more times do you now have to consume to get through Jets games? So you saw me at an actual game that we won. Yes, yes. Um, that was like four was or five shots of vodka at 9.30 a.m. Um, who, we, uh, my liver. Yeah, I would say, do we need to? Um, <laughs> but for real, like if we, if we, if we don't, trade for a competent offensive lineman, um, particularly a tackle. Um, whew, it's going to be rough. Yeah, like I, I, I might not make it through. 
Thanks for listening to Play Like a Jet. Just want to remind you that there's plenty of time for you to go over to prizepicks.com and make your daily fantasy entries on their player projections. Make sure you go to prizepicks.com using the promo code PLAJ and get in on the action because it's a lot of fun and it's really easy. Here's how it works. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people, just you versus the projections available. You can do football, NFL, college football. You can do basketball, NBA, college basketball, NASCAR, UFC, whatever you want. It's all there at prizepicks.com. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that simple. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code PLAJ. If you deposit 100 bucks, PrizePix will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50, PrizePix will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code PLAJ at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's promo code PLAJ at prizepix.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's just spend a minute, not on woe is us Jets fans. I mean, that's kind of like well-trod territory. But in terms yeah. of what was Brees Hall to this offense, to this point of the season, uh, mm-hmm. let's just start with that. Like, I- I'll just say he was the reason that we don't hate Zach Wilson more than we do mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, uh, and, and so, so like when watching Brees Hall play – and knowing that Zach Wilson could rely on this guy to just break off huge runs. And, you know, I mean, Zach said as much after the game. I mean, he said, you know, this guy is phenomenal. You look at some of the runs, you look at, you know, the, the daylight he gets and how far he can take, he can take the ball. Like he's integral. And so like, I have to say that a large portion of the Jets ability to win over the last four games has been Brees Hall. The more that they've turned him up, um, the more that they have, you know, been able to dominate in terms of running game. Now, you know, they don't have one of the greatest running games uh, in the league because they're dealing with tons of injuries to their line specifically. But, you know, he is a player that has allowed Zach to have a like that kind of security blanket um, and to, you know, break off big runs and kind of just change the nature of a series of a, you know, of a possession, you know, maybe you, you're starting on the, on the 30 and he gets you to the other 30 on one run. You know, we saw the run uh, in the, in the, in the Broncos game. I mean, he is an absolute difference maker when he's healthy. You know, he is one of those top, if not generational players in the, in the mold of a Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, or others who've gone before, but you know, it is just such a position that is so precariously, um, you know, set up for injuries. I mean, you look at the last couple of years of all the players, you know, kind of stud running backs who suffered injuries, season ending injuries, Dobbins, Akers, um, Barkley. Uh, Travis, yeah, Etienne, right, exactly. So, so there's just so many, um, but he, he's an important part of this, this offense. And I don't, we can talk, I want to talk a little bit more about what he is, but let's just, you know, pay some respect to Brees. Josh, what, what are some things that you've mm. seen from him so far? this season and you know we can look forward to next season but it's going to be you know whatever 10 months until we see that again yeah it's 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 hard i mean the the touchdown runs a 60 uh 60 yarder i was looking up some next gen stats trying to get a sense of man that it looked like he just hit the hole and 
like exploded. It's the fastest that any, he was running 21 miles an hour. Some ridiculous numbers. The fastest that any running back has run this year. And you take, you take that speed, that unique blend of speed um, and couple it with just the, the field vision that he has, the cutting ability, the, the physicality, like you see why the Jets spent such high draft capital on him is because, you know, I love Michael Carter and I love a lot about what Michael Carter does, but he can't do those things like as, as well as Brees does. And so that's a guy that, you know, if, if he's able to last in his league for a long time, you look at comparable guys that, that cover up a lot of their offensive warts, guys like Derrick Henry in Tennessee, who that guy can run for 2000 yards and make Ryan Tannehill look awesome. Like that's kind of the offense that we were seemingly starting to build a little bit around Brees Hall. And so to not have that guy now, obviously puts a ton of pressure back on Zach Wilson and the offensive line. That's a little bit banged up again to really start to deliver offense week in week out without just that game breaking ability of a guy like Brees Hall, where every single carry feels like you could win the game right here. That touchdown proved to be the difference in the score. And so, um, you know, it's a huge, huge loss. Um, felt like in so many ways, he he and Sauce were starting to embody on both sides of the ball just the new the new brand of football that we were going to play um, with a lot of a lot of swagger. Um, man, losing that guy does feel like a massive blow for sure. What, what are your thoughts, Travis? And kind of you know what you mean from Brees and, and what this means for the team going forward. I mean, it is going to be tough. Uh, I mean, we, we all saw, you know, I, I don't think I was um, as uh, overly surprised or, or overly uh, angry about Zach's performance. I mean, it, I would still rather have ugly learning Zach than uh, Flacco in there, um, any of the alternatives, but mm-hmm. You know, it was a hard game, and if it wasn't for Brees, like, you know, I, I don't think we c- would have come out of that with a, with a victory. And 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 just like just like uh, Josh said, I mean, the whole reason that he was there was to take that heat off of Zach Wilson and take the load off of his shoulders. And and it's now placed squarely squarely on there. It's it's going to be tough uh, to do that because that is the identity that with that our offense and our team has 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 morphed into. It is running game. Uh, and and sharp stout defense and without you know without the the bell cow without Brees you know it's it's gonna fall onto Zach and I don't think that we're at that point where uh, we can squarely do that. It's a lot and and yeah I wasn't trying to say like uh, Zach Wilson's terrible. I want to talk about him and you know and we'll, we'll get to him in a, in a couple minutes. But yes, I certainly think he's been an integral part. So yeah, we we of course wish him the speediest of recoveries. Um, you know, the good thing about ACLs specifically is that, you know, they are not the injury that they once were and the death knell for for players that they once were. Um, this is an injury that he can come back from. But I do think something to to caution fans about is you can't expect that when he comes back next September, he's going to be what we saw this past September. It's going to take him some time to get up, to get right, to, you know, to kind of work back into game shape. Um, And hopefully, you know, it doesn't happen. Um, But this does happen to young running backs in the league. And then, you know, they go on to have, you know, wild success thereafter. I mean, I'm thinking about, I feel like this has happened a couple times to Barkley right now. And yeah, Barkley right now, obviously. Um, And uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then um, 
uh, just like Delvin Cook and you know Leonard Fournette, like you know th- those guys, like they have seen some some tough injuries, but they've they've made it back. So this is not the end. Um, but let's flip it to something that we can feel a little better about. So they have this four game winning streak, um, and I want to talk about that. But before that, let's talk about Sauce Gardner, guys. Like let us talk mm. about Sauce Gardner because you know he is going out there, and I think I saw a quote in the post from. Uh, DJ Reed basically saying like, you know, what year he is in this league doesn't apply. He's playing like a veteran. And I think if Mm -hmm. you saw that, um, you know, potential touchdown throw to Cortland Sutton that he, you know, fought with him, they, the, the two of them were kind of, you know, in, uh, in a physical contest going down into the end zone. And not only did he, you know, did the, the refs kind of put away the, the flags on it, like he makes a great play, but the, the clincher for me on sauce Gardner was as you see him falling to the ground and the ball's like kind of like wobbling a little bit, he kind of puts his arm up and like whacks it out as he's going to the ground to get it away from Portland mm-hmm. Sutton, who is a big, you know, dominating great player in this league. Um, and you, I just saw that and I was like, Oh my God, like that is like such a veteran clutch move to not just give up on the ball. You know, I already put my hand in here. He got it once and then he made sure that there was no way that Sutton was going to kind of reach around his arm to grab it, you know, and, and mm-hmm. uh, pull it in. So I like, I what, in my mindset and I thought he was trying to like, like bat it to uh whitehead who was like right there beside him. I was like, <laughs> he's trying to get yeah. whitehead an interception. Everyone's That's trying to get him an interception. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I mean, what, <laughs> Have we, I, I know Darrell Rivas, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, but like, if you have to liken Sauce Gardner to somebody, I don't know, over the history of like just watching NFL, like, is there a player mm. that you, you watch him play and you're like, wow, he reminds me so much of this, or is he just something altogether new and different that you really haven't had a chance he's, to see? He, he's, he's got that. You know, he's got aspects of different guys. I mean, there's some, some, some of the dog in him is just Darren Woodson, where he just, he's mm-hmm. gonna, he's gonna body you up, but then he's got that twitchiness like a Deion Sanders that, like, yeah, he's gonna be able to make actual offensive plays on defense that are just startling to see. And so, um, game instincts, his physicality, his speed. Um, if I was Mike Mayock, I would talk about the fluidity of tips, uh, but I'm not. And so I will leave that to Mike Mayock to discuss. And it's um, terrible as, drafting. And it's terrible as drafting. Pillow, it's like, yeah, yeah. You guys should draft this guy. Uh, he's going to be great, but I don't know how to draft myself. Um, yeah, there's there's combos. There's combos of different guys that I see in him. And I see some of the Revis, like some of that gamesmanship of, I'm just going to take out the number one guy and follow him around the field. Um, Cortland Sutton was, you know, now is some of that Brett Rippon, you know, I, I would argue that Brett Rippon's probably, um, currently a better quarterback than Russ Wilson anyway, even when, when Wilson's healthy, but, um, you know, I, everything I see from that guy, here's, here's my, here's my, I was watching the game yesterday, I had my boys, um, and my wife, my wife was kind of coming in and out of the room. Um, and there was a couple plays in a row that sauce made that, um, my boys were asking, what's his, you know, number one, number one. Um, and I said, his name's sauce. And so I had them yelling sauce around the house. Um, and my wife, the barometer for my wife is, uh, Hey, is that a guy? Like, do you want, like, do you want to get that Jersey? Like I'm, I am, I am, I am, I am in full Jersey mode for sauce Gardner. Um, and you know me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear my jet gear, but 
opposite of Travis, I'm probably a little stingier when I go to buy a jersey of a player um, because I'm going to wear that thing to every possible game. And Sauce is, <laughs> Sauce is now in the category. He's in Jersey. He's in Jerseyville. So You've got uh, twins. You I don't am, have a lot of disposable in. income. You don't have a lot of disposable I do not. income these days. So this is that's a big that's a big hurdle to cross. That is, yeah, Jersey and, hurdle. And my boys yeah, love them. Big. My boys, my boys love sauce. They're running around the house yelling sauce and batting footballs around. So, man, <laughs> is that guy a guy? He's a guy. He is him. I love it. I love it. All right. So, uh, any any other thoughts on what you saw for, out of him, Trav? No, yeah, I mean, like I I, I agree with uh, I agree with Josh. There's a lot of a lot of people, a lot of parts of a lot of people's games that are within him. But I think the biggest thing is like we're talking about veterans that, you know, parts of their game. We're not talking about Dion as a rookie. We're not talking about Revis as a rookie. I mean, this dude's doing this seven games into his NFL career. And we're talking about parts of his game that remind us of, of hall of famers at, you know, their peak. Um, you know, I don't want to oversell it, but I mean, I'm still every single game, like there's multiple moments where I'm just like, Holy shit. What? Dude's insane. Um, I, I, I can't say enough about that dude. I mean, it's, it's just the savvy, the football acumen that he's got. And just, you know, I've seen tweets about people bitching about his tackling, like a bullshit. Now I've seen that dude make some great tackles. I mean, we all saw what he did freaking Teddy Bridgewater coming Mm -hmm. you know, on a blitz. Um, there's not a lot of holes in this dude's game at this point, which I mean, you, you know, I don't know if that makes it a low floor, High ce- or what? What the ceiling floor situation is? But I think, I, I think that the sky is the limit for this dude. Um, just amazed every yeah. game. Yeah, he's yeah, he's just different. At least you know so far. Yeah, and what we've seen, and he's got that kind of ranginess to him. He's not you know as big a body, but he's but he's fast. Um, and I think like he's it's it, and it's funny because if you go to any sites that do like comparable players. Like they all really fall down on the comparable players for sauce as far as as far as I've seen. And, you know, this is kind of taking into account 40 time and speed and, you know, so, some of those kind of things. And, you know, you know, all the all the agility drills. So it's hard to get a real good sense of this player. But I, I think if I'm going to say one thing about sauce, I'm going to say this. Like there has emerged over the last uh, less than a decade or so this kind of new breed of alpha wide receiver. Like we used to think of alpha wide receivers as Des Bryant's as Julio Jones, like those kinds of players. Right. But what we've seen is this switch to the Justin Jefferson, Cooper cup, um, uh, Chris Godwin type player. Who's kind of this, like they play out of the slot, but they're like high volume and they're not like 215 pounds, but you know they're they're like generally at or around 200, and they're generally like six foot to six two, and so that that whatever particular recipe for NFL wide receiver has presented problems to cornerbacks to this point over the last five years, and so I think what we're seeing with Sauce is like he's a player who just seems to be equipped to handle that kind of like and a Cortland Sutton is a great example of that kind mm-hmm. of a player. I'm not saying he's Justin Jefferson or, or Chris Godwin. I'm just saying he's that sort of a player. Um, so he seems to be the antidote for those kind of players. Now, like, let's see what happens, you know, when he plays Justin Jefferson or someone like that, but, um, but he's the best 
thing that I've seen. And so I think that's why all these comps tend to fall down because it's like, yeah, we don't really have a category for this guy yet. Like there's no, no other player kind of in this mold drafted this high that has this kind of composite, you know, setup. So, so yeah, it's very interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Going back, going back to draft night as, as even we were talking about it and none of us felt super confident in that pick was probably indicative of this conversation that we felt like, is there a guy that, you know, is going to be able to cover this new breed of wide receivers? And so I think some of our concern was he's a little bit slender. Um, Is that guy Mm -hmm. going to be able to make open field tackles? And yet the guys he's going up against, like we're seeing it, like the proof's in the pudding. Like that's why I think we had those questions on draft night was like, there is a little bit of a unicorn-ish feel to sauce that he's a new prototype of what corners are going to look like in the next decade. And so, um, you know, props to Joe Douglas and his team for seeing seeing exactly how that guy was going to then match up against number one, number two wide receivers across the league, where the league is going. Um, and seeing him do this at such an early stage of his career, six games in, seven games in, is like, this is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's fun. Yeah. I love it. Lost in the sauce. Uh, we are lost in the sauce. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about uh, our, our boy, Zach. We, we kind of, we teased this a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the question. Um, now, you know, Zach Wilson this season and kind of coming back from his injury has hovered kind of at or below over kind of his, you know, the, the first couple games here, four games, whatever that, that he's played, um, you know, with complete, a couple of completion percentages under 60%. You know, I think one of the game against uh, Miami, he was well over 70%. Um, you know, his ratings are kind of reflective similarly. So, you know, he's playing fine football, but he's not putting up a lot of scores. And as a result, you know, the quarterback rating doesn't look that great as a result. But, um, you know, so this is so this is my question here. Like, are we are we frustrated what we're, we're seeing with him because he's not throwing for a volume, you know, like a, in terms of, you know, total total attempts or total yards Uh and, you know, we want to see more out of him is that's what's frustrating. Um, but then do you balance, how do you balance that against the fact that, you know, he's gone three games with no turnovers. It's been close, slap it, you know, slap it <laughs> forward, Hoo-wee! Uh, you know, but none, of, but we, yeah. So I guess what I'm asking is, are we seeing him start to play within himself more and control his game or, and, and so, you know, he's becoming more efficient. Um, and then once he's, you know, efficient and he knows how to handle the ball and not do these backwards, you know, getting out of sack situations, you know, once he starts kind of whatever, buttoning up that stuff, you know, then maybe the 300 yard games start coming. I, I, how do we feel about what we're seeing from, from Zach so far? I'll, I'll, Travis, we'll start with you. Um, I read a stat. I can't find it. I, I was looking for it. Um, that was the comparison between him, uh, going against pressure and going, uh, and being pressured, he's like uh, his quarterback rating is, is like a hundred point nine when he's uh, not pressured. Um, but when he is pressured, it's like freaking 42. It's like as low as it can be. Um, and I think that really, you know, it's, it's almost like we were with Darnold, but in a completely different, different situation. It's like, you can't, we're still not at a point where I think that you can look at this guy and go, this is what he is or this is what he's going to be because the sample size is almost tainted, whether it be – and it's because of the offensive line play. I mean, his like the offensive line has, has definitely been leaps and bounds better than last year. But, but 
on a consistency basis, it hasn't been consistent. I mean, he was running for his life multiple times. Um, part of that is because he holds on to the ball a little too long sometimes. He's not getting to his second reads cleanly. Uh, but also when you've got, again, like locked up, you know, Lake and Tomlinson over there just standing there the entire play and, and you know. <laughs> Not even, not Dude, even. Dude, that baby up. was up three night. That baby was up three times last well, night. Well, changing diapers I'm four sure, times. Sorry, you got a you got a damn job to do. Um, you got to move Mama 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 Tomlinson into the house to take care of that baby. I'm yeah, saying, my spreadsheet. Also, is that happening when the baby's crying? When the yeah. baby's when crying, is he just like? Ones? Is he just stopping? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying my spreadsheet skills were not as crisp when I had a, a young baby in the house. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Hey, I work drunk three quarters of the time. Like, <laughs> it's it, it's doable. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> health, ins- right. health inspector, Bristol, Tennessee. Just go ahead and skip over that part of the of the. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. He holds the ball longer than any quarterback in the league. Yeah, still, like statistically, he's he's up into like the mid three seconds when most guys are well under two and a half seconds, and so that extra second where he's not getting to his second read. Um, coupled with some offensive line injuries and you know lack of cohesiveness, like he's not progressing um, as we should see him do. And when the plays get crazy, he's doing multiple spin moves, like he's hitting the B button on a Nintendo controller um, and then flinging the ball downfield backhandedly. Like there's that one play alone was so indicative to me of just where his head is at still in that everything is still too fast for him. Um, and, is he a little too short? Like he can, can he not see like there's, there's some real concerns that again, going back to draft night that we were concerned with, is this guy going to be able to physically hold up in this league? Um, is he going to have the sight lines to be able to get the ball out of his hand in a timely manner down the field? Like it's still not happening. So is there parts of it that are related to, you know, we can't have a clear picture. Yeah. But at the same time, if you isolate just his play, um, where there's at least a somewhat cohesive and you know offensive line in front of him um, on those individual plays, I guarantee his his holding time is still up around three seconds, which is an eternity in this league. So it's it's a progression issue to me more than it is an offensive line issue to me. Yeah, I yeah, it's I think I texted you guys this yesterday. It's like I can't figure out if it's one of two things. Like, is he just deathly afraid of taking a sack yeah. you know because he's small or does he think he's michael vick because it's one mm. of the two i can't figure out which it is is he michael vick or is he afraid to take a sack because i cannot tell what drives him in those situations and i'm just like oh my god please stop please stop but he'll get there but yeah i mean you know and and i understand that this is going to this play and maybe this is part of all the other things i think there's a lot of other things you know, in play too. It's not just about Zach Wilson, but I think that leads us to the next point of focus, you know, here for us gentlemen, which is, you know, the Elijah Moore situation. Obviously we didn't talk about that. Um, we also needed, we need to talk about, we need to do some uh, transaction house cleaning. Um, Travis, mm-hmm. we taped last week's podcast on Sunday and there was a big piece of news that I believe took place last week that we didn't get a chance to talk about because we were taping a podcast in a, uh, a a rental Volkswagen driving down the highway at, at 65, 70 miles an hour. Um, would you like to address the, the big transaction that happened last week before we address mm-hmm. this week's big transactions? We, well, 
it was it wasn't as big as I had hoped, considering the fact that he's now <laughs> on the fucking practice squad. He's still with the team. Connor sure fucking McDermott, hide your sheet because he's gonna be shit in the bed somewhere, no matter what. <sighs> and in Hempstead. Um yeah, like Florida Park. He's in I Hempstead. Was... Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the problem. He's in Hempstead, and the rest of the team's in Florham Park. Maybe that's. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot we're in Florham Park. I don't know why I still say Hempstead. God. Because um, now awesome. I was I was Park. legit amped for like a solid four minutes, and then the Jets were like, <laughs> signed to the practice squad. Condom- I was like, God, why? Why <laughs> they can't quit him? They can't quit. Can we man. not? Can't quit him. But I, don't, I just well, want to know what the hell it's. It's like standing there with like a friend of yours that's in like the shittiest relationship in the world and keeps breaking up and getting back together, and you just stand there and go, "Why? Why? Why are you? Why? What? What is? Really sucks. I'm sorry. What for is you. there yeah. between you guys that thinks that, that makes you think that this is worth it? It's, it's not. Yeah. You're it's never you're, gonna work. you're beyond the stage. You're beyond the stage of a friend going, "Yeah, no, good for you guys. I was hoping you'd get back together. You're just in flat out." Uh, confrontation mode. Let's have let's have 100%. an intervention between between yeah. the Jets and Connor McGovern. He's buying people new pillowcases and sheets because that's what he's gonna do. <laughs> Hitting the bed on the practice field now. You're, you're three inches from their face saying Talking dump about them. Dump them. Dump them. Block no him. Good. Yeah. He's not worth it. She's not worth it. Oh man. Uh okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. After so seeing Lake and like may, I, I don't know, mate. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the baby sleep deprivation. I know, I know. A tiny little baby is is very harrowing. It's very harrowing. You're afraid. Well, Connor's issue is that he is just a large baby. Yeah, well, that's that's fair. That's fair. Yes. All right. Well, we've addressed the big the big one, important one. Now we'll get to some of the other stuff. So the Jets are in a situation Monday. We're taping this right where they have a. Um, and a, a wide receiver, a second round wide receiver who showed a lot of promise last year um, and is, you know, currently sulking in a corner, you know, to which, you know, the coach basically said, like, he's trying to leave the situation open and saying, like, dude, this is up to you. Um, you know, I think when the broadcast team, they said they asked him, you know, is the you know, what's the what's the deal with Elijah Moore? You know, if it's irreparable, you know, his reply is it's up to him. Like, he needs to be a grown up or not. Like and like we're gonna keep moving on. So, so, anyway, so we've got this kind of weird question mark situation with Elijah Moore. Now the team finds out that Brees Hall, yes, is in fact going to be out for the remainder of the season. ACL injury, sixth round conditional for James Robinson to get what you need to kind of see this season through. Because I think as we were talking about earlier, we need to continue to take pre- pressure off Zach Wilson if this team wants to try and compete this year. This is the first time since probably 1998 that I have felt like the Jets were are run by competent adults. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was like, holy yeah. crap, you, ha- you were handling this situation right. And then even beyond that, listening and reading all of the things that the, 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 uh, the, the, the players are saying very subtly, if you notice like mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner's postgame, he was like, yeah, I'm just out there trying to be a good teammate, you know, and be out there and, and you know, mm-hmm. get this Sub-tweet. stop and be a good teammate. And then everyone, everyone is like taking these digs uh, towards him. So, you know, I, I think that that's amazing that the team is actually looking at it that way, because I'm typically I'm like a lot of people like player first, like go get what you get what you can while you can. I, I get it. Um, but at the same time, like this is this is a bullshit situation. I love the fact that. 
the team is rallying together as opposed to kind of splintering, uh, it seems. And and I think that's actually a testament to coaching and Joe yes. Douglas. I mean, we, we have competent adults that are running things properly. It's amazing. It's insane. Yeah. There's a time and a place for this sort of thing. In season is really not the best time and you're not going to engender any sort of public support or even team support. Right. Like, I mean, like, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to make this about anybody else, but like, well, I am going to make it about somebody else. So like my, my son's playing his first year of tackle football and this team is beat to shit. Like they, I mean, they are down to, <laughs> you know, some of their, some of their last guys on the bench, you know, that are in there playing, just because they've had so many injuries this year and they played some tough games and they had a, a really tough schedule. But like, you know, my son is now he's out, he's got a sprained wrist, uh, you know, maybe broken, broken bone in his hand. Like, we'll see, we'll find out tomorrow and that that'll sort itself out. And He's fine and he's in good spirits. But, you know, when I talk to him about it, I'm like, you know, like, do you, is this worth it to you? Like, do you want to do this? Like what, you know, like I'm trying to give him every opportunity to not to quit. I'm not looking for him to quit. We talked about that before the season. We said, Hey, we're going to go the whole road on this. But I was trying to just start to talk about like, well, what do you think about next year? And he's like, he's already in on next year. He's like, I want to play with these guys. I want to be with these guys. And like this week he can't play his, his hands in a splint. And he's like, you know, I got a lot of injured guys, but I'm happy to be like, the seventh string water boy or the T boy. Like, I don't care. I want to be there with the team. Right. And so like, I understand this is 12 year olds and we're talking about something very different. Um, but, but to see that camaraderie and that devotion and that loyalty to each other and to be watching this play out parallel to what's happening with my favorite football team, the New York jets, it, it really has, help me kind of put things in perspective or contrast things. Um, and, and to yeah, kind of ground me on this whole, like, you know, yeah. l- listen, I want more to be part of this team. I want him to feel like he has a place, you know, at the table. Uh, but at the same time, right. It's up to him. And if he's not willing to be part of it, like the team is going is clearly coalescing and like, they're just kind of seeing this as, Hey, you know, this is more of a chance for us to bond and be close. And there's somebody who doesn't want to be part of that. And that's fine all the best of them. I'm, I'm part of the team and I love it. Um, all right. We, we have a few minutes left, gentlemen. We have not even talked about the up game against the rival new England Patriots. Um, mm. Okay. This could not come at a worse time. I want you to answer this question is, could this come at a work? This could not come at a worse time or this is happening at the best time. How do you, how do you, you can say one of those two things, Josh, is this coming at the best time or the worst time? No, it's worst time. Um, having having some question marks injury wise, having Brees Hall go down, Bill Belichick, he's gonna do what he's always done, which is cook up an incredible defense against Zach Wilson. Um, our hope is really gonna be in Michael Carter in a lot of ways this week. So I am I'm not feeling it. I don't think they're gonna score a lot of points against us. I just don't see how we score a lot of points. I don't think it's it's the best situation for sure. You know, just listening to the cats after the and what I was alluding to earlier. I mean, like listening to how these guys care about each other as a team, the chip that they have on their shoulder, the fact that they don't. You know, we talked about this last week. They have no concept of what the fuck same old Jets even mean. It's like they're they're not the same old Jets. They don't give a fuck what that means, what it says. They don't care about the history books. Um, the way these guys are rising to occasions. You know, we've been an underdog in every single game. You know, it's 
home dogs. They're starting the week as home dogs. Guys. Exactly. Like, mm. I, I got a feeling that like everybody that can show up will show up. Like, I, I, I don't know what this means for the offensive line, but I guarantee you that that defense is showing up. I like Quan sauce, DJ relay. I, I, they have, they have faced better receivers, better core, but uh, is Mac Jones even playing? Is it Zappy again? Yeah, Zappos well, chips Zappy, or whatever. It's Zappos chips. Zaps chips. Yeah. We don't know if Zaps chips is going or Mac Jones. Um, is this first I name would, Bailey? Bailey, Bailey Zappy. Zappy. Are we just Zappy. facing all of the millennial like named quarterbacks possible, <laughs> like Skyler and Bailey? And... Skyler. Uh, yes, yes, we are. Yes, we um, are. No, like I really, I really do think this team is going to rally, especially with Brees being down. I think that just listening to what you know you were talking about with Michael Carter, like Michael Carter was like, dude, that is like. My my best friend in the world. I care. I care deeply about that guy. Seeing him go down, like I I don't want the ship to go down because he's down. Like I, he, uh, I really feel like they are going to freaking show up with a chip ready to go, um, knowing that they're they're undermanned. Um, now will it work out? Great, but I don't know. But I think I think there's enough fire and enough dog in these cats that enough dog in these cats. That's the yeah, that's that? good. What does that even mean? I know what you mean. You're being like got a little dog, dog like diggable planets. Um, it's like diggable planets mixed with yes. football. I got it. Uh, I got you. They're going to put up a damn good fight, and uh, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we come out of it with a another super freaking ugly win. Yeah, I I think I feel the same way. Like it's it's definitely coming at the worst time from a from a um uh, from a talent perspective. Um, but in terms of a like, how do you say it? Like team building or team congealing opportunity. Hero's journey. Yes, the hero's journey, right? The 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 monomyth, right? This is yep. this comes at the best time. And right, I don't even know if Sauce Gardner understands the deep hate that all Jets fans have for Patriots fans. I think he would probably be aware of it. But yeah, kind of to the point, like you know, like I, I if. I'll just say this. If they win, like this is going to be one of those watershed moments for the team, for the year, for whatever comes over the next couple of years. Um, yeah. But even if they lose, like I still think the fact that they're going to like this is going to be a real opportunity for young guys to really stoke the furnace of their hatred of like outside of the Patriots of respect, you know, that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm very looking forward to this game. Like, yeah, it's, it's going to be so hard and right. Like ultimately, as you, as you already said, Josh, like this game is going to come down to can Zach Wilson figure it out against this Bill Belichick defense, which is, it's kind of a fine defense this year. And can the running game do anything like other than that, it's kind of all stalemates. Everything, all the other matchups are stalemates for this team. It's going to come down to Zach Wilson. All right. Any other thoughts on the Patriots other than the fact that we hate them? Oh, you need to hate talk. Them. I know. I know we're at time, but gosh, do you have time to give your Connecticut Patriots fan rant? Because you promised oh. us this. We were oh, promised oh, oh. this. We need this. <laughs> I want to take all of our listeners back to a time before the Patriots were the juggernaut that they've been for the last two decades. Back to a simpler time, early 90s, Robert Kraft buys the team. 
Um, there's there's some stirring with him to move the team out of a crappy stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts, and places bids, puts out bids to all other New England cities. Uh, the shining beacon on the hill, Hartford, Connecticut, comes calling and starts to prepare um, what you've probably heard of as Adrian's Landing, meaning Patriot Place. If you've ever been to New England, uh, to a New England Patriots game in Foxborough, Patriot Place, restaurants, bars, um, little hotels right outside the stadium, a whole little neighborhood. That was the plan for Connecticut. Connecticut came up with a plan. Okay, this wasn't a Foxborough original idea. Connecticut had it. Hartford had it. Hartford made the plan. They put their bid in for the team. Turns out Robert Kraft, using all of these other Connecticut towns, Hartford being the leading one, to just cause the state of Massachusetts to not want to lose their beloved Patriots to another Connecticut state. Um, he then twists the knife uh, by saying he was never really had plans to move the team to Hartford, confirming <laughs> all of Hartford, Connecticut's worst fears, which was we started building this stadium and this whole area, Adrian's Landing, for absolutely no reason. Millions and millions and millions and millions of state dollars. My parents tax money. Um, your parents tax money, Brian, while they were living in Connecticut. Yeah. I don't know. They lived in Connecticut. Yes, we um, did. My, my parents we worked did. there, so they paid taxes. They paid taxes. Yes. So so. So then um, Robert Kraft hires Bill Belichick, um, who decides he doesn't want to really coach the Jets. Um, and a dynasty is born that's lasted the majority of my lifetime, your lifetime, while Adrian's Landing was then turned into a quasi-stadium for the Yukon Huskies. Um, it's called Rensselaer Field, which is not nearly as luxurious as it sounds. It's just about a little bit worse than what it sounds like to you, Pratt and Whitney Field um, at Rensselaer Stadium. Um, Robert Kraft is the bane of my existence as a nutmegger. <laughs> I owe, I, I will forever um, remind people that say, hey, look at this great team in Foxborough, Massachusetts. It was supposed to happen in Hartford. Here's the thing, mm -hmm. though. I would have probably become a Patriot fan at a young age. And so if that saved me from being one of these elitist, entitled, <laughs> championship-chasing Patriot fans – with their fake accents and their fake Dunkin' Donuts love, all of you drink Starbucks, let's be real. Um, there's nothing in me that would ever root for your team. And being on the outside, saved from this horrible existence as a Patriot fan, I thank you, Robert Kraft, for screwing over my state and the city of Hartford, Connecticut, and never moving the team and costing us millions of dollars just to confirm the fact that you are the worst person on the planet. Thank you for saving me, letting me become a Jet fan it's taught me hard work. It's taught me hard, uh, a, 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 of my, of my, yeah. Her, ever heard of it? Robert Kraft dedication ever heard of it. Um, so thank you to Robert Kraft and screw you at the same time. That's my rant. That was amazing. That was amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you did that. Um, all right, fans. Uh, it's time to sharpen your teeth and, uh, you know, get your, Get your bats and legends all, all ready for a Gangs of New York-style battle Patriot against uh, – For good and all. For good and all. Let's go. The Dead uh, Rabbits right. march at noon. Yeah, that's right. So uh, so hopefully this will be a epic contest. Um, and I, I, I truly do believe, regardless, this is going to be a forging moment, crucible moment for this young team. I'm excited for it. Um, but, yes, let's, let's certainly hope that they get to – stick their finger in Robert Kraft's eye uh, come Sunday. So, all right, gentlemen, thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. Uh, thank you for going to Green Bay with me. Um, you know, I, I have so one fun. quick one quick story. Uh, I packed some Nike gear, some Nike pins that I had 
for Josh and Travis when I went to the Eugene, like Nike by Eugene store over the summer. I put it tucked it deep into my into my bag on our trip. I traveled to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I hung out with these guys for two days. <laughs> I got home. I unpacked my backpack. And what is in there? But these stupid Nike pins that I've been meaning to give these guys for two, for like for four months now. So I need your addresses. I'm going to get them after this podcast. Uh, uh, but let's just do this. Let's go to let's go to Jets Patriots two weeks, three weeks from now. Let's just meet up again. Uh, Why not? Sounds, I might be divorced. I might be, I might be divorced, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, uh, in. guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll send those to you in the mail tomorrow. Uh, but thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure to rate and review. Um, let's get up for Patriots week. Let's get behind the Jets. Um, let's cheer this team on to victory. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. Bye-bye.